This week's support for the fine print with Attorney Jen Route comes from Thrivent Financial. For more than 100 years, Thrivent has offered financial guidance about saving, spending, and sharing. Thrivent helps more than 2.3 million member owners be wise with money through its broad range of products and services, including life insurance, annuities, and mutual funds. To learn more about what makes Thrivent unique, contact John Grolo, FIC Financial Associate, at 614-567-7141. And now, The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. And welcome to the Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. I am Attorney Jen Rout, and with me, as always, is my taxing sidekick, Ben Needenthal. I will accept that 100% for oh, sure. Good. I try good. to be as taxing as I possibly can. And you always are and have been for decades well, now. I mean, <laughs> you know, there's only a few things in life that are guaranteed. True, and this is yeah. one constant we can absolutely rely on. My, me, right? Absolutely. Okay, you, perfect. you are the constant. Yes. Well, this is a little weird. We are live. Um, I'm going to try not to drop F-bombs and stuff like that as much as we can. Not that we're... Yeah, good luck know, with that. ...holding ourselves to a very high standard or anything. But we're also not alone in this room. No, we have extra people today. We've Special guests. Join us from beyond the grave. No, wait, that's no. not right. <laughs> Different uh, podcast. <laughs> So joining us is John Grolo from Thrive Ant Financial uh, and Amy Heck from RHWCPAs. So hi, guys. Welcome. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Everybody ready to talk about the new tax bill? Yes. Ah, yeah. Everyone's looking all excited. Oh, yes. Ready to go. Oh, boy. Are we talking about taxes? I can't wait. (laughs) Yes, taxes. I love taxes. All right. I'm going to let the the pros do most of the talking, and I'm going to tune out as much as I can. I thought you were a professional talker, Ben. uh, Right. I am a professional talker. I do get paid to talk, I guess. So, Well, things that excite us may confuse the average person or business owner. We're all nerds. We're all nerds. This is just your nerd thing. That's all it is. Exactly. You guys are like, ooh, tax. Tax code, and I'm like, ooh, Star Wars was awesome. Yeah, it was. I saw it twice in one day. It was awesome. So, so okay, so new tax bill. This is the biggest tax litigation. It's complete or litigation tax overhaul. We've seen since Freudian or not. Yeah, (laughs) we've seen since the Reagan era. So about 30 years, we've been under the. 2017 and before tax laws for the most part. This is a completely different animal and it took effect for the most part January 1st, 2018. Happy New Year. Yay! So... This is also our 70th 70th episode, by the way. Well, happy 70th to us. Right, I know, I know. (laughs) We're like, I guess we could be like of retirement age by a few years. I don't know. That's stupid. Okay. (laughs) Right. So most of this goes into or went into effect on January 1st. There's a few provisions that happen in 2019 and other times. Um, But let's talk about who this helps first. Make sense to you, everyone? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about some of the big things um, that have changed. Uh, First, um, real estate. So traditionally, or when I say traditionally, I really mean for the last 30 years, you've been able to deduct your interest on mortgages and um, your real estate taxes, except for now there's caps on those things. Yes. All right. So 
Um, as I understand it, Amy, the taxes or the uh, you can deduct interest on mortgages up to seven hundred thousand dollars, right? Um, seven hundred and fifty thousand. Seven hundred and fifty thousand. Okay, and then your real estate taxes are now capped at ten thousand. Yes, that includes real estate taxes, state and local taxes. So that's a big one. Yes. So before you could deduct fully your state and local taxes and your full real estate taxes. So that will be a big thing that affects a lot of people. Right. Hmm. So that's why there was kind of some crisis happening in New York with everybody wanting to pay all their taxes ahead in 2017. Yes. <laughs> because effective 2018, if you have to pay more than $10,000, you don't get to deduct the rest of that. Right. Hmm. Got it. So that's going to cost people more money. Right. But as um, the standard deduction is now doubled, it, right, it, that will actually cause less people to itemize. Okay. So there's some savings there. So there's still seven tax brackets. Yes. Kay. And they're all lower. Um, I thought only five of the seven got lowered and they were all, those five were lowered between one and 4%. Yes. Okay. With the top marginal rate coming down to 37 from 39.6. Correct. Okay. So that's the highest, Mm -hmm. but you know, those at the lower tax brackets, you know, they may not have been itemizing before, or they might've been itemizing to get the maximized tax deduction. But now for a single person, um, you've gone from 6,350 to 12,000. And then for a married couple, 12,7 is now 24,000. Right. Okay, so that's pretty big. That's going to simplify taxes for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So that should save some money. Yes. So, okay, so that's good. What else is changing that your av- that people should know about? Um, personal exemptions have been removed. Okay, so, Ex- explain that. So everybody got a personal exemption if you, for you, your spouse, all your children, even if they were over 17 and didn't qualify for the child tax credit. Those have now all gone away. Okay. What's the impact of that? Um, The impact will vary from person to person. If you are just married, doubling the standard deduction, you shouldn't have any issues. But if you are claiming children that are in college, then that will affect you a little bit because you don't get the child tax credit and you also don't get that personal exemption. Got it. Okay. So, and this is for 2018 taxes. So everyone preparing your 2017 taxes, this doesn't affect it, right? Correct. Right. Okay. So then John in the financial world, we're now dealing with different tax structures. What does this mean for people in planning their investments and things like that? So for the majority of people that are currently in the accumulation phase, um, this just, it's another look at, you know, a lot of times you go to your CPA at the end of the year and they say, hey, put $3,000 in an IRA, it'll only cost you $2,000, you'll get a bigger deduction. Um, It's just going to change those numbers some. For those that are actually distributing their wealth from 401ks, Roth IRAs, uh, annuities, taking their Social Security and their pensions, it actually provides a lot of opportunity for tax savings because we have this temporary time, because this is only in effect till 2025, we have this temporary time with lower limits on larger tax brackets to get more of that taxable money out at 
you know, a savings essentially than what we've been seeing lately. So it's a great opportunity for Roth conversions um, and tax planning such as that. Right. So basically everybody, you need to, to definitely talk to your accountant and financial advisor this year to make sure you're maximizing everything you can. Yes. And one thing that um, you can talk to your financial advisor about also is 529 plans because those have also changed. Okay. They now You can now put contributions into your 529 plan and use them for private school tuition K through 12. That's exciting. And that's a huge impact, a huge change, because one of the things that a lot of individuals in the past have done with 529s is only being able to use it for higher education. They're hesitant. What if my kid doesn't go to college? What if they join the military? What if they have scholarships? Well, now 529 plans have become a lot more robust, so they're going to be more attractive to others. Oh, that makes sense. And your deduction on your state return has now doubled. Which is also nice. Yes. Okay. What hasn't changed? So from my understanding, the things that are staying in place, um, student loan interest is still a deduction. So, whew, thank God for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least anyone. Oh, do you have a little bit of that? <laughs> Maybe just a touch. <laughs> just a touch. <laughs> um, so that's exciting. That mm-hmm. is exciting because that was, that was something that I know was a huge concern for a lot of people. It was a huge concern. The other one, uh, or a, another couple that were important, were a lot of the investment um, parts. So, a 1031 exchange. That's where you can sell one investment property, have somebody else hold the money, and then replace it, and you're deferring taxes. So there's no capital gains. Everyone was concerned those were going away. They're not. They're still here. We can still do those. That's awesome for real estate investors. Um, Well, other investors too. There's other ways to do it besides real estate. Uh, Capital gains. No changes there. So that's still, what, 20% on the high end? 20% on the high end. Right. Lower end, 15. So, yeah, you're still saving money. Or, I mean, you're still better off generally with your capital gains. None of that has changed. Um, Charitable donations. Those all remain deductible. Um, So, as a business owner, all your charitable donations get made from the business because then they're fully deductible. And as we are no longer going to have... um, most people aren't going to have a big reason to itemize. Definitely want to make those charitable deductions from your business instead of you personally, right? Um, if you're a corporation, yes. Oh, right. If you're an S-corp pass-through entity, it would still flow to your personal return. Right. And one thing a lot of people do, uh, it was happening in the past with some of my clients, it just may become more popular now. Most people we find don't give charitably just so they can itemize. It's an added benefit. But one of the things you can make sure you do now is as an individual, if you're a pass-through, you can just lump your deductions. You can put more in one year to actually maybe break over that itemization or that standard deduction so you can itemize. Um, But most people, we don't see a big effect on charitable giving from this because people are going to give to give anyways. Absolutely. And I know that's been a big concern. Right. But it's the question of do you personally write the check or does your company write the check? You're still giving because that's what's in your heart. But the structure of it can also be an (laughs) advantage to you, too. Yep. There's business to giving, too, you know. So There is. I mean, you want the... The fact is, people give to have the warm fuzzies sure. of doing something good. So, um, if you can do something good and get a tax benefit, all the better. Seems just like more good going around, I guess. 
Right. Yeah. All good all yeah. the time. Um, so what else has changed that's helpful um, from an estate planning attorney's point of view? The uh, gift tax ex- estate and gift tax exemption has gone up. Um, it was already not an issue for most people. Uh, it had been locked in. So for a long time, the gift and estate tax exemption was bouncing all over the place. Um, we never knew if it was going to be a million, three million, a hundred thousand, three hundred thousand. Like it was going all over the place there for years. And then a few years ago, it kind of got locked in and it was only ever supposed to go increase. Well, now it's up even higher. So um, under the new rule or the old rule, it would have been $5.43 million each. Mm-hmm. So for a married couple, that puts you at $10.86 million before mm. you have to worry about estate or gift tax. Well, now it's $10 million each. <laughs> so not a lot of people really need that. But what that does... I'm looking is, forward to it. Well, right. Yeah. For all those millions. Sure. Yes. But what that does is that eliminates the need for costly tax planning. So you don't need your lawyer to be looking at lots and lots of tax planning for you in most states. Um, Ohio, for instance, got rid of the estate tax as well. So there's no real tax planning here for most people. Mm-hmm. I have a couple clients that they're still tax planning, but that's rare yeah so you know that eliminates legal fees and makes a lot of concern about well can i gift my son or daughter twenty thousand dollars to buy a house this year Mm. yes you can Mm. it just makes a lot of things simpler yeah would you agree amy yes awesome um let's talk about the corporate tax for a minute um that's been reduced to 21 percent Okay, what do we think is going to happen with this? Like, will there be more jobs? Is there talk about everything? Um, What I've heard is both sides that it'll either increase the amount of jobs, companies will come back to the U.S. because of the lower tax rate, or companies that are already in the U.S. will actually not use that money for more jobs and will actually invest in AI. Okay, so what's the implications there? That is actually, you know, it's putting money into development, but it's going to be into development that will actually reduce the amount of jobs available. Right. So that's, you know, all of your robots doing work. Yes. It's basically, I mean, they. I think they've experimented with some fast food chains where they've had AI taking orders from people, which is, you know, one of those jobs that, you know, you don't really need to have a live human being there. And hell, half the time you're talking to people, they're not really you, there. Anyway. You've never seen so. my uncle order at a fast food restaurant. <laughs> there has to be a person to take that order. <laughs> well, I mean, you think about it, you go to like, you know, the grocery store and you've got like the, the you scan things there. Yep. And I mean, that's, that's all AI and it's replacing jobs. So, you know, the more you can do that and not have to pay the overhead of employees. John and I were just talking about overhead before we started recording. <sighs> you know, it's uh, it, you know, the more you can do that makes sense from a from a business standpoint. Absolutely. Yep. Yes. But yeah. there are certain jobs that you're never going to replace. I mean, frankly, everyone in this room. <laughs> yay. Um, I hope. <laughs> yay. Right. Yay. But they're trying. I mean, right. Right. There's a lot of call for, oh, you can manage your investments through E-Trade or, you know, whatever. The robo-advisors, all that, yeah. the turbo taxes, the legal zooms. But what they find out is 
without having the individuals, you know, kind of like my uncle going up and ordering his cheeseburger with no cheese. (laughs) Until you have an individual to interpret the specific situation. They have a word for that, too. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's called a hamburger. Correct. (laughs) Um, But they're not going to uh, they're not going to really be able to replace a lot of a lot of the jobs out there. But for some of the lower corporate tax rates. Yeah, they're going to try. Yeah. Right. The problem with all of those things, though, is their specialized knowledge. So this new tax bill, if you would print it out and put it in a book, is about six inches thick. Um, Amy, do you have it printed out and put into a binder? No, not yet. Not yet. (laughs) Will you? (laughs) I will. Right. Because... That's what accountants do. They study the differences. Do you differences. get that autographed somewhere, like at conventions? <laughs> or I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, there's all sorts of gray area still in this tax code. I mean, you need that tax professional to, you know, I could plug in the numbers from my QuickBooks into TurboTax. Absolutely could. I'm not going to know that, oh, hey, I bought six computers this year. How does that show up? I can feel Amy get angry as you were saying. I can see it. Right, right, right. (laughs) Or here, let me me put this over here. Right. (laughs) It it creates problems. Or, um, you know, I can absolutely go buy investments and e trade and do those things. But that may not serve me with the best versus, John, here's my whole financial picture. Fix this. <laughs> and then he tells me what to do and I follow that advice. It makes much more sense because that's what he does every day. Amy deals with taxes every day. And I can tell you I make lots of money fixing things that people tried to do off or online without an attorney. Um, for instance, I had someone at the end of December – won an LLC. Right. It's a fairly simple thing. The thing that's not simple is the operating agreement. So it was a partner and we were going to charge $400 plus the filing fee to create the LLC, create, um, get the EIN and then draft the operating agreement. And they said, that's outrageous. I'm like, okay. She's like, we can do it ourselves. All right. Here we are, just a few weeks later, they did it themselves, they made a mess, and they're now going to pay me about $1,000 because they're fighting to fix all of it because they didn't do it right the first time. It's a lot easier to do it right the first time versus me paying Amy to fix a mess that in my QuickBooks, for instance, because I didn't know what I was doing. Like, that's going to cost more to fix it, right? Yes. Okay. What are other things we should be looking out for this year? For 2017 or 2018? For the taxes you haven't filed that you owe or for what you're going to plan next year? Either one. Um, one thing that is great about this new tax bill is in the past couple years, the medical expense deduction has been limited to 10% of your AGI. They increased it from 75 Okay. This new tax bill is lowering it back down to 7.5%. So people will get more benefit from their medical expenses, especially for um, the elderly and people that are in nursing homes. Yeah, that's a big one. Okay. 
What's something? So there's a few big deadlines on this. For instance, um, right now, 2017 taxes, you can deduct your alimony. Yes. 2018, your grandfathered in to deduct your alimony. Yes. If you want to have that alimony deduction, get divorced by the end of 2018. Okay. Because starting in 2019, alimony will no longer be deductible and the um, person receiving the alimony won't be taxed on it. But if you get divorced by the end of 2018, you are grandfathered in to that alimony deduction. So if you're on the fence, kids, this is the time to act is what I'm hearing. (laughs) Well, and there's a lot of people that have divorces pending. They're not in a hurry. They're just kind of figuring stuff out, waiting on things, but they know what's going to happen. This means get it done this year. Yes. Right. Which also means do not wait until, you know, November 15th, December 1st to file it. Because I can tell you, even if you do it as quickly as possible, just the mandatory wait times and service and all of that, you will not be divorced by the end of 2018. So start early. About how long does it take, Jen? So for a completely uncontested divorce, um, wherever you know, let's call it a dissolution where everybody agrees, you're still at a minimum of six to eight weeks. Wow. Yeah. And that's lightning fast. Most things are more like, you know, ninety to hundred and twenty days if everybody agrees. And if you're fighting over everything, just know it's probably gonna take months, maybe a year or two, because that happens. So I want to uh, give a quick shout out. There's a few people who have actually uh, tuned in here, uh, I, and I'm going to mispronounce the name. Chela Tarpa says, oh, Chela. 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 Hey, Chela. Okay. hey, hi. <laughs> uh, says she says cheeseburger with no cheese when she goes to McDonald's, which she calls Chela. the number two. See, there you go. So, Aww, yeah. look at you, Sheila, <laughs> just like Uncle Pat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jessica is actually asking a question. She says, I have a small business. What does this tax code mean for me? Does it affect our 2017 taxes? It will not affect your 2017 taxes. It will affect 2018. And as a small business, doesn't it depend on the structure of your small business? It depends on, you know, if you're a corporation versus an LLC. So each individual small business will have a different impact. Okay. So basically the answer is talk to your accountant and find out. Yeah. If you need so, a CPA, I will talk to you any day of the week. We, we happen to know on Saturday and Sunday too, Amy. I do at wow. three a.m. She's really quick on the response. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Let, let's be respectful of Amy's time. You so, know. Amy, question for you: For most people out there, I think the most common type of business in the U.S. right now, we're looking at small companies, sole proprietorships, LLCs. How does this affect things overall for them? Um. As far as that tax-wise, LLC, we usually have been in the past making them S-corporations because it has been more beneficial tax-wise. Right. Um, With the top tax bracket going down to 37% and the corporate rate going down, it's making corporations and the pass-through entities about the same. Right. So that it could change. like. Traditionally, for the last, I don't know, two decades anyways, the go-to entity was an LLC. Mm -hmm. Um, It became very popular in the 90s and has continued on because they're simple, they're flexible, there's lots of legal protections, but it's also all of the tax benefits that you need. Right. But now we have 
corporations looking equally yeah equally desirable so i could see the rise in corporations but here would be my concern from a legal perspective this new tax law is only good until 2025 right which means seven years from now we're gonna have this whole debate again and the question will be does it do we let it expire and revert back or will congress extend it like Frankly, we don't know. And you're setting up an entity for the, you know, hopefully you're successful and it lasts decades. So you don't know what that future is going to hold. So are you going to do the corporation knowing in seven years that that could get switched? Are you going to do the LLC, which has all the legal benefits, but the flexibility with taxes? Like it's a quandary that we just don't know how it's going to play out yet. Yes. Where I see this tax bill really having the biggest advantages is for the individuals with the tax savings. It's the tax planning I've been doing for years of helping people say, look, let's avoid, and Amy and I work together on this all the time. We say, we get it. We can save you a whole bunch of money in taxes this year. But in five years, all your savings are going to be negated when you're just going to have this instantly all these distributions, all these things are going to happen. You're going to pay for all the savings we've been mitigating where now we've got this period of time, you know, my, my running joke, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm going, I've been telling people for the past four or five years. So what do you think is going to happen with taxes in the future? And everyone's answer is they've got to go up and they didn't. No. Okay. But <laughs> let, let's, we have a temporary time. We have a temporary time because right now it, like, let's, think through and no one has a crystal ball but let's think through the impact of this we've now cut taxes across the board most individuals minus this little there's a group of people in the middle that are actually going to pay more but most individuals are going to pay less corporations are going to pay less which means our one point whatever trillion dollar deficit is probably going to continue to grow there there's no way to pay that down or balance the budget or continue to fund most federal programs with this drastic of a tax cut. So my crystal ball would say 2025, look out. We're going to have that. Plus, we're coming up on in about the same time, 2025, we'll also have the first round of income-based student loan repayment. So if you've been on income-based student loan repayment for 25 years, whatever's left gets forgiven. It's a taxable event for the person, but that first round starts hitting in 2025. So the next thing you know, 2025 is going to be a huge year with major impact. And I think that's a great point you bring up on the uh, student loan forgiveness being a taxable event because I don't think that's something these individuals are planning for. No. I know I have people that just let life insurance policies lapse with loans on them. And it's like, hey, this is a taxable event. We're paying off your loan. And they go to their CPA. They're like, why do I owe $4,000? Why do I owe $5,000? I mean. Right. Which is why you, before you do anything like that, you should talk to your tax professional or in your financial advisor. Right. The other big thing is those two should work together, at least, you know, for the most part. A a little conversation doesn't hurt because there could be a tax plan in place 
that's maximizing tax deductions, but a financial plan in place that's maximizing growth. And eventually, maybe not right away, but eventually those two could clash. And the next thing you know, you have big problems in both areas. Right. Yep. Uh, we also just got another question from Susan, uh, who Susie says, B. Hey, Susie! <laughs> uh, says she alternates, uh, she alternates every other year for claiming a dependent child uh, with her ex-husband. There was mentioned earlier in exemptions. Uh, typically, she alternates between her exemption every other year. Does this still make sense to do this with the new tax laws, 2018 to 2025? Um. If the child's under 17, then you'll still get that child tax credit, and it's actually doubled. So it's now $2,000, and the phase-out has been raised as well. So it still makes sense. Right, but after 17, or after the child has aged out of that, you're not going to get to continue to do that through the college years like you had been able to before. Right. Makes sense. Sounds good to me. I guess. Are you planning for this for no. Jack? No, not at all. <laughs> you still have a few more years of yeah. tax deduction. <laughs> yeah, just, just a little. So. Good. Okay. So um, what else should we uh, be prepared for? Looks like, So basically there'll be a boost in earnings in theory. So that's a good thing. And one of the things we're running into right now is we're having lower Lower tax rates are coming up on the horizon. Obviously, we won't really see the effects until next year. But one of the things we found really surprising is with the economy just booming, people aren't increasing saving rates. They're spending. And what most people don't realize is how far they are behind on savings already. Individual savings, retirement savings, savings for anything. Uh, Americans just are not on par with where they need to be with the elimination of defined benefit plans. So no more pensions, no more defined contribution plans, or they're not nearly as common. Um, You know, I'm very blessed with the military to have a pension, but, you know, what else is going to be out there besides military, federal, and state work that's doing pensions anymore? You hear people losing them all the time. With all these tax cuts and all these increased growth opportunities, really saving needs to be on people's minds right now. Um, I have a lot of individuals, you know, we go through their budget and I'm like, hey, great, you're near zero. Where's your tax return? What do you mean? How much do you get back in tax return? Anywhere from a couple hundred to thousands of dollars. And they're like, well, that's not income. I'm like, so someone hands you money and it's not counted in a budget or income. And for a lot of families, that can be really sizable. But that's something that really should be looked at with this opportunity for the next couple of years is increased savings. Yeah, spend, go on vacation, live your life, have fun, but also realize whether you're on track or not for the retirement of your dreams or whether you know you plan on working for your dreams. Mm. Makes sense. So how much should your average person be saving? Like, well, what's the goals? And, <laughs> and it depends. Jen like, laughs when she asks that because she knows it's an it depends answer. Yep. Um, but really, I mean, with no pensions, with no benefits, you're really looking at, I mean, starting to save 10% of your income. I mean, that's kind of a bare minimum. I mean, think about it right now. Million dollars, it used to be 4% so a safe withdrawal rate. That's $40,000 a year. So if you saved a million dollars in your working years, have no other income, Social Security should be there. But that's going to provide between what ten and twenty five, thirty thousand um, dollars, right? And that's Maybe. that's the big question: is how much it will provide. Um, 
but so right now that old moniker oh well i need a million dollars to retire it's not true anymore you need more and so depending on your age the younger you start the less percentage but if you start with 10 percent, you're probably going to be safe but i know people getting ready to retire we're saving 20 30 some even in excess of that of their retirement because they're also shifting to their retirement lifestyle where they'll spend less money hmm. um so really it's a it's a number where you um sit down compute it out figure out your lifestyle um and this is sit down with a planner because they're the ones that can come up with your number because one of the things we don't believe in is save so much that you don't live your life right nick francis asks could you explain pass-through income versus personal income for an llc with one owner got it go Um, (laughs) (laughs) explain So pass-through income is from a partnership or a um, S-corporation. Um, the other difference is just being a sole proprietor or LLC, which is um, on your personal return as a Schedule C. So right. that's technically not pass-through. So example for me, I'm a sole proprietor. If I was an LLC, it would be the same. It's just the liability difference. So that's a jet and legal thing. Yes. And so basically, all of my income is taxed at my individual income tax rates, no corporation included, nothing else. And you have, so you also have to pay Social Security and Medicare self employment tax on top. Yes, we do. Yes. Okay, so let's back up. So an LLC can be taxed in multiple ways. So Correct. if it's a single member LLC, you could be taxed as a sole proprietorship. You Correct. Could be ta- if there's multiple members of an LLC, you can be taxed as a partnership, in which case it flows through, through. essentially. Correct. And it's just a schedule on your personal return. Correct. Or you, an LLC can be, if it's single or have multiple members, it can be taxed as an S corporation. Right. In which case there is a tax return for the LLC and then the income flows through, through. onto the um, owner's, essentially, tax return. Correct. Okay. So that's when we say pass-through, that's what that kind of looks like. Yes. Um, so you're still having all the legal protections, but it's passing through. And by doing that for the S-Corp, it's saving on some of those, so, adi- the yeah. self-employment tax, Social Security, some of that stuff is not being taxed versus the sole proprietorship, which is. Correct. So I think that answers your question, Nick. He uh, he does clarify further that it is an S-Corp. Okay. So okay. If that, yeah. So now pass-through and S-Corp makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Good. Yep. Cool. Good awesome. stuff. Thank you for the question. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, so. Other things that we think general people should know for planning this year. Um, This doesn't take effect until 2019, but the individual mandate for health insurance will be eliminated in 2019, which that could be good for some people and it could raise health insurance rates. So I think the key here is the penalty may be gone for not having health insurance, but it's probably a really bad idea not to have health insurance. So while that penalty, you know, may have motivated some people to keep their insurance, I think the hope and the overall, the hope, the overall big picture goal is people keep their insurance. Mm. Right. But I mean, 
in my experience, the people who aren't, who don't have health insurance, it's not because they're going, I don't want to spend money on that or it's worth the penalty. It's because they don't have the cash flow to afford it. Right. But they don't qualify for additional benefits. It's a, it's a They can't get the subsidies because, yeah. It's, right. So it's a tough position for them because generally if you're not getting health insurance, it's because you can't afford it. It's not – most people aren't choosing, no, I just – I'm fine. I don't need health insurance. Nah. nah. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the big things, too, is a lot of people don't still don't understand in the new world how to get the health insurance. I mean, I walk people through the website all the time on just applying for their health insurance, put in your income. It'll tell you what your subsidy is. So before you hear the horror stories of people that can't afford it, see what your actual story is on the health insurance. Because, you know, you do all these savings, you do all these things, you pay all these taxes, you do all this legal planning, you get in a car accident and the insurance doesn't cover it, you're broke because you didn't have health insurance. Right. Yep. And that's why there's lots of medical bankruptcies that happen. Yes. Um, it's one of the lead – that and, frankly, out-of-control out credit card debt are the two main reasons for bankruptcies. Either something catastrophic medically or – we ran up a lot of credit card debt. Third would be a major job loss, but mm. that actually has not been. What's fourth? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think there's fourth. Mm. Those are really the three, okay. top three. All right. But most, I mean, even I'm your major. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Major, your, most of your major <laughs> He's being job taxing. Loss, I'm not he that is always sorry. taxing. I'm not that sorry. <laughs> He's not sorry at all. You should be, though. But yeah. Mm. I should be, but, <laughs> but I'm not. not. We'll work on But that. I'm not. No. So, well, awesome. <clears throat> well, thank you all for your questions and thank you all for tuning in. couple shout outs real quick. Uh, Brian Wallenberg, uh, Jessica Entis. Uh, oh, Amy joined. That's good. Um, <laughs> Ivor Bassett. How you guys doing? Thank you for joining. Appreciate it. Uh, got some housekeeping stuff to take care of. As always, um, if you would like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook. That is our primary landing page where you can comment, get news, suggest topics, ask questions, all of that good stuff. If you are already following us, thank you. We love you. You can also follow Boxland Media on Facebook as well. We do lots of things up to and including putting out to the fine print with Attorney General. Uh, I, we usually say every week, um, this is our f second week in a row uh, for a little while, and we're going to keep trying to do the, the live thing. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll put up notifications saying when we're doing this next time. Uh, should theoretically be about this time next week. Um, we also, uh, uh, well, actually, a Amy, how do people get a hold of you? So you can contact us through our Facebook page, our website, um, or call us or email me. Okay. okay. And the website is rhwcpas.com? Yes, it is. Designed by the lovely Boxland Media. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, now I'm all flattered and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, John, how do people get a hold of you? On a website not designed by Boxland no, Media, unfortunately, no. due I'd to... I'd love to get the Thrive-In account for that. I would no. love you to have that. <laughs> <laughs> but... But, uh, so Compliance. you can find us, uh, quick Google search, you'll come up with our thrive page. We've got Facebook, LinkedIn, um, we're all over the place, and then you can always call us, too. Awesome. Sounds good. Usually you'll get Jane, and that's the fastest way to get an answer. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jane's good that way. <laughs> and then, as always, uh, you can find me at routelaw.com. Um, also, our phone number, 
614-475-7008. Yeah, or the fine print at with Attorney Jen Route on Facebook as well. So yes. it's a good place to find her. Yeah. So good things. All right. Uh, if you're new to the show, welcome. We hope you come back. We'd appreciate it if you'd go over to iTunes, give us a nice rating and review us. It helps with our visibility on the world's largest podcast repository. Uh, and uh, finally, we'd like to thank you, all of our listeners and tuners in and all that. Uh, it's because of you that our show exists and we appreciate it and we'll keep doing it for you. Um, so until next week. Yeah, I will actually, I've got a, a, a joke of the week. Oh, we have so, jokes. Yeah, Ooh, I know. I yeah, was waiting. Yeah, okay. This is a good one. Do we really oh. have jokes? Who makes the best detective? Sherlock Holmes or RHWCPAs? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <clears throat> I'm so proud of myself for this. It's, it's a dumb joke, too, <laughs> okay. just, which makes me happy. We're laughing okay. before you've yeah. told the punchline. Uh, well, that would be RHWCPAs because they make more deductions. Oh. Get it? Got it. Okay. Oh, look yeah. at that. It's it pretty didn't dumb. even insult the lawyer. The I know, right? This is exciting. And lawyers suck. So just saying it out there. <laughs> Thank you, so, ben. yes, you're welcome. So. Very nice. So, until next week. I'm Ben Needenthal. And I'm Attorney Jen Rout, reminding you that ignorance of the law excuses no man from following it. All right, folks. We'll see you next time. This program is meant to be informative in nature does not constitute actual legal advice or form an attorney-client relationship in any way. Views and opinions stated in this program are solely the views and opinions of the speaker. Each situation is different. Always consult an attorney in your state to analyze your specific legal needs. This program may change your views of attorneys in general, as they are not what they seem on TV. I mean, seriously, could the main character in Suits actually exist in real life? Boxland Media. Think big.